Hi, and welcome to the Day One Podcast. My name is Simon Moran, and today I have the ultimate pleasure of sitting down with Mr. Grant Cardone. How are Dude, you doing today? Good to today? be with you, man. Great to be with you. Awesome. How was your uh, travel into Scottsdale? It was good. It's always good on 10X Airlines. You know, I, the, 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 uh, I, know I know the flight attendant. Uh, the pilots, they, they, they don't give me a hard time. <laughs> Makes so. it easy. Yeah, yeah. So what are you doing in town in uh, Arizona? We are doing, I'm speaking to the police department today. I'm speaking and also the fire department first responders. Okay, awesome. I do another interview at one o'clock today and then I speak at Impact Players for about 1,700 people this afternoon. Wow, nice. Um, so to break it down, the day one podcast really takes entrepreneurs, business owners, community leaders and takes them back to day one in their proverbial journey. Okay. And then we work through- anybody want to go back to day one <laughs> Jesus. i know honestly but uh then we, we talk through their experiences they give us a little insight yeah, yeah. and tell us about their journey a little yeah, bit yeah, so yeah, to start yeah, off yeah. tell us a little bit about your childhood and how that shaped you to where you are today um you know my childhood i was brought up in a middle class family it was it was a lot of love in my family and and uh, my, my uh i was the fourth and fifth kid being i'm twin i'm an identical twin so uh, we were the last of five, and uh, we lived in a 1,400 square foot house. Seven people. My dad worked hard. My mom was taking care of the house. She was the you know the 50s housewife uh, mother, and um, my dad died uh, it, when I was 10. He was 52. He died very young. You know, 52 is young. Definitely, yeah. And so uh, he was busting his ass. Finally got his dream house when he when it, th th this really shaped me a bunch. Sure. What what was it, what's about to happen? I didn't know. You don't know what's shaping you until much later in life. Uh, you just know something happened. Um, but in this case, what happened was my dad died. My mother sold the house. His dream house. I mean, it, it was it was a cool house. It was uh, on the lake in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Uh, to, to us, we had like, oh my god, my my dad was telling my mom, man, not bad for a country boy. Huh? I made it. Like, he he had come from nothing. His family, his parents were Italian. They came over on a ship. Um, so to him, they had made it. The fact that we had an acre and a half of land and we were on the lake and. I mean, I look back at that house today. I'm like, we're looking at refineries, right? But it was cool. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it was a cool deal Definitely. for him. And then when he died, my mom had to sell the house uh, uh, the next week because she couldn't keep it up. Right. Even though it was paid for. This, was, this really becomes really, really valuable data for me into who I am. And then my mom shifts into fear when she should have been in grief. She was in a lot of, I could tell that there was an angst about money. Certainly. Um, so that's when I learned about social security because she was getting a check every quarter or every month maybe. Um, AT&T dividend stock she depended on, but she didn't know how to make money. And so from the age of 10 to 16, I could feel this, this thing about uncertainty about finances. Even though we had it's not like we wanted for anything. We had food and, and a car, every, right. you know, to go places and, and, and um, college was maybe a possibility, you know, which I look back on that now. I'm like, uh. <laughs> um, but I could feel this thing. By the time I was 16, I was so frustrated because I couldn't help her. And I, and I wanted to be able to do something about it. I couldn't. And so I think a lot of that shaped uh, 
you know, what my, my understanding of finance is as I look back later as an okay. entrepreneur. And, and you, so you went to college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did go to college. Well, first thing I did was I got on drugs. Right. At 16, I, I, I ended on this drug route for for nine years from 16 to 25. Um, finished high school, spent five years in college getting an accounting degree on drugs every single day. I shouldn't have gone to college. Um, I think if I'd have gotten out of college, if I'd have quit college after the first year, I'd either be dead today or um, I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I, I think uh, it would have helped me not to be in college. I think actually I would have got off the drugs sooner. Right. Had I not been in college, because I think I was using the drugs as a way to escape this this prison that I was in, this this idea that I had to go to college. I didn't want to be there. Um, you know, I got out. I mean, I got out with, you know, I don't even know what my grades were, but um, I didn't want to be there. You know, right. And I was bored. And when I'm bored everywhere I look at my life, if I look back, whether it was business or personal life, if I'm bored, I get in trouble. I do stupid stuff. And, and for from 16 to 25, I did stupid stuff every day. So when did that final no come for you? When, when was it, I'm done with this, yeah, I, I'm ready I, I, to move I on? Got a, I, I finished college when I was 23. Um, I would use drugs for another two years. And the final, final was when my mother said, hey, enough. Don't come around me. Don't hang out. You're not welcomed here. Don't come to the house. Don't come to the, you know, she, she had this little bar business. Don't come here. Don't nothing. I want nothing to do with you until you clean up. Uh, I went to treatment 30 days later, and that's when my life turned around. And so coming out of treatment, were you walking into a job? Did you, did you have I had experience a job. beforehand? I had a job, I had a job that, that uh, I had lost six jobs prior to this. A lot of people don't know this, but right. I was fired from McDonald's, uh, a refinery job, a fisher's job, an off, 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 uh, offshore job where I was out on a boat, a uh, clothing job. And this was all Louisiana then? Furniture salesman. Yeah. Like, like, like I was known in my town as the loser kid is the kid that had potential. I mean, people knew me as a, middle, a guy that came from a good family. I didn't have anybody to blame. Right. Like other kids have people to blame. Like there's kids out there that are like, you got plenty of reasons to be a loser. I didn't have any reasons and I was a loser. Yeah. So my grades were bad. Uh, my track record was terrible. Nobody believed in my family. I was the black sheep of my family. Like even my family was like, um, a little bit like, uh, you know, so, and, and on top of that, I hated me, Simon, like, like forget the drugs, like drugs are one thing, dude, I hated myself so much. Every day I woke up, I looked in the mirror and I, and I hated myself. So obviously that wasn't a quick switch to where no, you no, are that today. Was a, How no, that, that was, that was nine years, almost 10 years of trying to quit drugs every day, yeah. every day having to confront I'm a loser. I, I knew, I knew, I, I knew I had the potential to be somebody, you know, I've always thought I had, I think everybody has the potential to be somebody. I knew for sure I did, but it was so buried in confusion and boredom and no direction and no guidance. And then, and then throw the drugs on top of that. The drugs aren't the low, the, 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 the underneath thing. It, right. it, it's the, it's the, it's the, 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 What's the thing about the camel, the straw, the camel's back and all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. The drugs were just like piled on top of all the other stuff. Um, so first I had to stop the drugs. 
And th then I had to start recovering. Okay, who am I? Like, who am I? Do I believe in me? And so I did have a job to go back to. I was working for a car dealer. He says, hey, come back. Uh, so I'm really, I didn't like the job. I didn't want to work there. I didn't want to be a car salesman. Uh, but he took me back. So I'm like, nobody else is going to hire me. So I went back to work there. So how did your experience as a car salesman transition into some of the companies you're running today? Well, well, what happened was I, I, I don't think it was about the, you know, the car sales so much as it could have been anything. It could have been if I'd have been on Wall Street or anything that I could have thrown myself into. Right. I could have been selling vacuum cleaners, uh, cut co knives. I could have been in network marketing. You know, the, 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 that question you're asking me really kind of shapes the entrepreneur thing because um, that industry helped me, but it also would later hurt me okay. a lot. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is it gave me a place to go to work every day. The thing about retail was that, that like you could spend a lot of hours in retail. The right. thing that everybody hates saved my life Yeah. because I had this drug problem. And I had never been 30 days without using drugs. So when, when I was in the treatment center, that was one thing because I had the supervision and a bunch of people around me. Mm -hmm. So and everybody's saying, don't use drugs. You know, like like you got you got a, you got a, a bit of a cult. Right. And saying don't use drugs. So I'm like, OK, I, I'm in the club now. I'm not going to use drugs. But when I got out, dude, it was all gone. OK. I didn't have anybody. So I was terrified every day. So what I did was I just took the addiction, that addictive quality, that 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 quality. Uh, not defect that I had. And I just threw it into the, into the sales thing. And interesting enough, because I hated sales, but the truth is I hated drugs too. Yeah. And, and, and I just threw myself into the sales game. So I would get there at six o'clock in the morning. I'd stay there till like 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. Everybody was gone by me. I'm in there making phone calls, calling people, planning the next day, practicing, training, role-playing. And I got good in 30 days. I was, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, I could be a good salesman. You know, this could be my, I thought I was going to be a car, a professional car salesman the rest of my career. Right. I'm 26 years old. Uh, by the time I'm 27, I'm in the top 1% of all the car salesmen in the, in the United States. I'm like, I'm going to be a professional car salesman the rest of my life. I'm not thinking about a car dealership. I'm not thinking about writing books. None of that yet. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, had, yeah, yeah. I had some of that, those ideas in my head. Right. But, but. I wasn't in the beginning thinking of the stuff that I'm doing today. Right. When you were younger, though, did you have certain aspirations yeah, on what sure, you wanted sure. to do? It's a, it's a great question because I remember my dad did calligraphy. I, I, he was, I, was uh, I guess I was six or so. Right. And my dad loved to write. And, and I had this idea, I want to be a writer one day. You yeah, know? Yeah. I don't know how people make these decisions, but, but I remember thinking, I'm going to write books one day. Okay. I always enjoyed writing. Yeah, yeah. And so um, transitioning from the car salesman, yeah. when did you finally start your first company and, and what was that looking like for yeah, you? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of things happen in life that you don't like that end up being good things. And and um, one day I was working for this car dealer, same guy that, that when I got out of treatment. And uh, his, at this point, I'm extremely productive. Like the place depends on my production. Okay. And I'm the leader. I'm the leading, the leader of the company, even though I'm not a manager. And I go to him one day and say, look, this guy, this guy that's running this place is stealing from you. And he's like, mind your own business. I said, excuse me? And he's like, mind your own business. And I was enough of a diva now yeah. to be like, yeah, okay, I'll go mind my own business. And I walked across, got in my office, packed up my shit, walked out and never walked back in again. Wow. I was 29 years old, didn't have a job, didn't know what I was going to do. They ended up losing their, their company. 
They had two car dealerships, lost them both within nine months. And uh, I was, you know, for the first time in five years trying to figure out, okay, what am, what am I doing now? I was fully recovered from drug addiction. Like there was no, uh, there was no, at the time I didn't, I mean, there was a 99% chance I wasn't going to end up in drugs again. I was like, I was solid on solid ground finally. Okay, yeah. Starting to get a little bit of money. I had a little bit of money put away, maybe, you know, I don't know. 60, 70 grand okay. saved away. So I'm starting to have a little bit of confidence in sure. life, right? And I know I can sell now. Now, now right. I know, hey, dude, you could drop me anywhere. Give me any product. I know, I know how to create a funnel of people to talk to, how to present a product. I can do it honest. I don't have to cheat people. I don't have to rip anybody off. So <clears throat> what happened now was a company asked me to go because of my sales production, asked me if I would be interested in traveling around the country, training people okay. how to sell. And uh, so I did that. That was my first start. It was just a total accident, dude. Like the career that I have today. Right. Was, so you happened into it and then you stuck with it and it yeah, kept Yeah, I stuck with that. I went to work for this guy and, and, and I started doing sales training for him all around the, uh, actually mostly in Canada. Uh, and saw that there was a business and an opportunity there. And um, I would go sell I would go call on people. I'd go train a company. Okay. And then when I, when I was done training them, I'd go call on other businesses and say, Hey, look, I'm in town. I'm in Regina, Saskatoon. I'm in Nova Scotia. I'm right, in right. Winnipeg. I mean, you know, I'd never traveled before this. Okay. And, um, you know, I could come to your company and do for them, do for you what I, I was doing for those guys. So I started building a business, uh, of, of, um, with this, this other guy a year and a half later, I'm like, there's no place for me to go here. I mean, I'm not going to get part of the company. Right. Uh, I, I again, I was a top producer for this guy, and I said, dude, you got to, you got to give me something here. I wanted to do some other things too. I wanted to write my own programs. And, Definitely. And I had my own ideas about how to do things. So, um, I ended up leaving him, started my own business, and then this is when it goes back to that first days of being an entrepreneur. Sure. Up until this point, I'm not an entrepreneur yet. Okay, cool. So once you started that first company, and, and obviously these were some of your formative years then as far as learning how to get to that day one, essentially. So how did you learn to really be a leader that you are today in your company and really drive a positive company culture yeah. with your I, employees? I, I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know how I knew. I, I don't know how I learned how to be a leader, dude. Like, like I was I was a leader when I was a drug in drugs. Right. I was a leader. I was like... Let's do some drugs, guys. But how do you how like, do you like, approach it and, and fire people up and get people excited well, to do? I mean, what they it just do. takes time. Like I, yeah. I don't think leadership. My friend John Maxwell. I mean, he, he's he's the leadership guru. But you know, I asked him in front of thirty five thousand people. I said, dude, I, I don't even consider myself a leader. He's like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> he looked around the room. He's like, thirty five thousand people are here, bro. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, but I'm not trying to lead anybody. I'm okay. just trying to lead me. Okay. Like like since I was you know, recovering from my drug problem was like, I'm just trying to lead me out. Sure. I, even when I was like, even when I was 10 years old, I was just trying to, I wanted to be t 10 years old. I wanted to lead my family. I wanted to take care of my mom. Right. And if that's leadership, I, I, I don't see it as leadership. I just see it as like, I'm just trying to provide. Okay. And, um, I'm trying to be a good example for me. Most of the time I'm just trying to lead me somewhere so how do you prioritize that action for you what does day-to-day -day look like for you and yeah. what are you working towards yeah well then or now uh now oh now i mean dude no now now we're on steroids i mean it's like it's stupid now so then like 
then, then it's just like, I'm just trying to pay bills and bank some money. Okay. So in the beginning, I'm going to answer this two ways. Okay. One is back then. Okay. I got 60 or 70,000 bucks. I start a business. Uh, th- the first three years I made 30 grand a year that I was in business. That's why when you said, Hey, we, we, in this show, we bring people back to the first, the first, what would you say? Day one, day one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, nobody wants to go back to day one. My day one lasted for, for, for three years Okay, because I didn't know what I was doing. I had no plan. I had no mentors. I had no coaches. I had no examples. There was no Instagram. There was nothing, dude. There was no place. I couldn't tap into other people. I, I, there was no masterminds going on at that time. And maybe it, maybe there was, but I didn't know about them. Mm-hmm. And so everything's trial and error. I'm terrified every day. I'm going through money, but I'm like, okay, I don't know what else to do. I do like helping people. I've always liked helping people. Helping people has always helped me. Sure. So um, back then it was just like, okay, I need to bank some money. I need to make some money. I need to get off this 30 grand. I was making a hundred grand selling cars and now I'm making 30 grand. I got to get back to making money. So first thing I did was handle that. Really, really the whole time I've been... Again, it goes back to leading me out. Okay, yeah. And when people meet me today, they're like, dude, you're the same guy, whether you're doing the podcast, on stage, or in the office. I'm the same guy all the time. All the time, I'm just, there, there's no there's no new grant you meet. You, you don't get another flavor of grant, right. you know, uh, no matter where we are. So um, today, like then, I'm always trying to fund F U N D some activity. So back then it was like, I'm trying to fund uh, my next business. Okay. I'm trying to fund a little freedom. I'm trying to fund a cushion. I'm tr- Oh, oh, then, then, then it was 33, 34. I'm trying to fund my first apartment deal today. You know, we're funding a lot of stuff. Yeah. We're, you know, so, so how do I go about prioritizing my day? I just kind of lead myself to the, those things that are going to take care of the next project. Okay. And, and so what's, what advice would you give having learned what you did starting back in your, your late twenties, early thirties, starting up making those first couple, you know, $30,000 a year. What would you say to someone who's in that position now? What's that first step for them? Whether they're in a nine to five, get your job. money right, man, get okay. your money right. You need to get your money right. Now, not, not enough people are telling people, I hear everybody saying, oh, man, you, you know, do the things you love and get your money right. you okay. got to get your money right. If you don't get your money right, um, <laughs> just what, what, what are you doing? Like sure. th- this idea that you're going to run a business and not monetize is insanity. Uh, unless you got a daddy. Most of us don't have a daddy taking care of us. I didn't have a dad. You know, I, I had some guy hit me on Instagram the other day. He's like, oh, you wouldn't have anything if your daddy didn't give you a start. I'm like, dude, I didn't have a daddy. Right. Like, like if you're going to hate on me, at least get the facts right. So people need to fund their activities. And, and, and I think that that's one thing that has made, you know, helped me be successful is that whether I'm doing a new business or an old business that's mature, the first thing I'm thinking about, how do I drive traffic? You know, I have this t-shirt that says, who's got my money? How do I drive traffic? Okay. How do I drive traffic to an idea? And then how do I, how do I fund that idea as quickly as possible, regardless of whether I'm ready? I don't, I, you know, I don't, I'm trying to, I'm trying to close the gap between the idea and the, 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 the moment of monetization. 
And, and I do that because the first, the biggest mistake I made when I started my business, I don't know why my nose is itching so bad right now. But, uh, when I started my first business, it took me probably 11 months to call on my first prospect. Okay. I was terrified. Sure. And I remember my, my twin brother called, I called my twin brother. I was calling him all the time. He was in Houston. I had moved to Houston. And, and so I call him up. He's like, Hey man, quit calling me. Okay, you've been here three or four months now. Go call on somebody that will buy your product. Right. And I took nine months, maybe 10 months, maybe 11 months before I ever, ever called on one person. It was stupid. As soon as I called on somebody, they gave me money. It was ridiculous. So now today, when we have an idea for a business, me and Brandon Dawson, who lives right here in the same complex, we had an idea for a business. I'm like, okay, how fast can we monetize this idea? Right. Because that gives me, when somebody gives you money, dude, the, 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 the uh, momentum for the idea, the it, it, money is the ultimate acknowledgement that the idea is good. And so as part of your mission today with the sales training programs and Cardone Capital is to essentially help others get their money right. So, well, you know, well, there's, build there, yeah, that's a good question. There's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, we, we basically have, you know, there's this little booklet right here, the million millionaire booklet. This booklet was created for people that don't have any money. Okay. So there's, you know, probably, 40% of the entire world population has no money. They're broke. So I'm interested in that, that person. I'm interested in all these people. So I'm interested in the guy that doesn't have any money. Then I'm interested in the next guy, 35 year old grant. Oh, he's got a million bucks put away. Okay. Or he's got a couple hundred grand or he's got 80,000. He's trying to figure out how to grow it. That's where Cardone university comes in and shows somebody how to build that out. Sure. A guy can get that for free. This is in 38 languages. Uh, you can go to a website, uh, grantcardone.com forward slash global. You could be in Africa. A, a kid in Africa cannot afford 10 cents for this book. He can't afford the shipping. So the whole shipping thing, oh my God, let's go shipping and, and you're going to pay for the ads. Dude, that guy can't afford anything in Nigeria. That's why I got a Nigerian following because we, we, we don't ship books there. He can go to a link, grab it in his language, Zulu. If it's Zulu, if Zulu's his language, it's in Zulu. Sure, sure. So, so, uh, so anyway, that's for him, right? And then, then there's, then there's the person that uh, that's making eighty grand, or he's got maybe he's finally put twenty thousand bucks away. Every day, I got somebody saying, "Hey, what do I do with five thousand dollars? How do I invest five grand?" Right. So that person needs some advice. Then there's the guy that has a million dollars. Then there's the guy that's got 10 million. Then there's the, 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 the rich dudes that are like, they think they, they think they got it. They got three or four homes. You know, they got one in Portland, <laughs> one in Phoenix, uh, one in Miami. They, 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 they're the rich guys, right? They, but, but they're screwed up, dude. They don't know what they're doing with money. There's Floyd Mayweather that I've met with this weekend. That's got all this dough coming in and all this dough going out. Right? So we, I want to help all those people. Cardone capital was created to help people with the third problem people have with money. Um, most people don't know how to get money. Two, number two, people don't know how to keep it once they do get it. And then there's a group of people that know how to keep it. But number three, they don't know how to, they don't know how to get money to multiply for itself. They know how to work hard like I right. did, but they don't know how to get money to make babies. And so Cardone Capital is really to help people that don't have the time or the energy or the data, the content, the deals. And then you're, yeah. you're investing a lot in multifamily deals yeah, throughout about, the country then? Yeah, we were, I mean, this morning I was driving around town just looking at multifamily. Nice I, lo I love this market. Yeah, I love yeah. this market so much. Um, so we buy large apartment complexes, like 280 to 300 unit complexes, sometimes up to 600 units. 
Uh, we've raised, we've got $1.2 billion of assets under management right now, 6,000 apartments. So this is going to be, this, this will end up being the biggest business I've ever done. Sure. Well, I also heard that you just started a marketing company as well, Cardone and Kern. Yeah, Cardone and Kern. We started Cardone and Kern. We monetized Cardone and Kern within five minutes of, of that idea. Okay. That's a perfect example. Frank Kern comes to me. Frank Kern's a wizard at, at marketing, right? And Frank's been studying me for, I don't know. He told me, he's like, dude, I've been watching you for, for like five or six years. He's like, I've known about you for like 15 years, but I've been really studying you for a while now. Frank didn't like me because Frank is a internet marketer guy. Okay. He's, he's not a hard sell or he says he's not. And, and he says he doesn't like selling. He's that, he's that guy on the internet that, that knows how to, 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 to pull people in because he doesn't know anything. And right. if it works for Frank, then it'll work for you. That's okay. his deal, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he sees what I've been doing with social media. He thought social media in the beginning, he, he'll tell you this, it was a joke, right? He's like, there's no way, that's not going to work. And then he sees me and he doesn't like me, but he knows we're making a lot of money. Right. And Frank's the one that says, hey, Grant Cardone makes more money on the internet than anybody, any other marketer on the internet today. I'll let you guys decide whether that's true or not. Um, so Frank came to me and said, hey, I love what you're doing, man. I've been studying you for 18 months. I've seen, like, I, I he's codified what we did to go from zero e-commerce to 40 million bucks a year. Highly marginal business, very, very profitable. Um, and so we created Cardone Kern, and what we're doing is we're using uh, technology to basically drive traffic to small business owners, plumbers, contractors, masseuse, anybody that's got a small business, a brick and mortar, a real like hard company is the ideal target for us, a state farm agency, a car dealer possibly, right? Um, to drive traffic to their website and or to their front door. And so are you fully invested on in social media and everything internet, or do you also explore explore other ideas if as far we, as advertising? We, we, look, look, we if I could if I if the space travel thing, I would definitely go to Mars if it drove traffic to my business <laughs> right right like i would spend a million dollars maybe 10 million dollars to go to mars or to go somewhere if i thought it would drive enough traffic any traffic it doesn't even need to convert that's the thing that me and frank have always argued about I'm like I, it doesn't need to convert for me i don't need i don't need to test whether it converts i know it's going to convert at some point if i communicate to that audience long enough with a great product that will solve people's problems um Sooner or later, people want to exchange money with you for, for, for the services. So, yeah, you're, we're about to go so white hot on the Internet. It's going to be like you, you everywhere you will go, you, you will find me. And then you're, you're, you're headquartered in Miami, we're Florida, in Miami, right? Florida, yeah. Okay, yeah. What, what drove that decision? Because that's was, typically not yeah. the, the thing nowadays to be in Miami. It's the L.A., the New York, the Chicago. Yeah, but L.A. and New York, are, they're dumps. They're fucking dumps. They're 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 uh, they're both going to go. I mean, they're they're both financially broke. Right. Uh, they're they're led by awful awful. There's awful leadership in both those markets. Um, housing's a problem for for people there. People can't afford housing in New York or L.A. And uh, the politics are awful. The tax the taxes are, are thievery. And so I lived in California for 25 years. I moved from Houston, zero taxes, 
to California to pay 10. But when they went from 10 to 13.3, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Right. I'm not going to do it to my people. I'm not going to do it myself. I'm not going to do it to my money. So we moved four people to Miami. We had four people in Miami, uh, in LA that we transferred to Miami. And, uh, we have a hundred and I don't know, 140 employees there now, 150 in the real estate. Oh yeah. So we've gone from four people to 254 people. And I, I know you're busy with all the businesses and stuff like that, but is there anything outside of business that you find as a mission or charities that you really like yeah, to get involved yeah, in? Yeah, like the, the kids without fathers is a huge, huge issue. And first responders, like the, the work I'm doing with first responders here in town today. Uh, but kids without fathers, there, there is, I didn't know this when I was a kid, but uh, kids that grow up without dads are like six times more likely to have a criminal record three times more likely to have, I might have those reversed, uh, a drug problem, um, like 60% better chance of suicide, like almost every negative metric a kid, a boy or girl can go through when there's a dad not present in the family. Not, not, doesn't mean he's alive or dead or whatever. He's not present. He's not available, right? Um, there's there's problems for kids. Now, um, that you ex that you experienced have not having a father, looking at it today, how do you approach that relationship with your kids? I've seen that you're really dynamic online with Elena, your wife. How do you guys manage and, and really raise your kids nowadays now that you know that it's really important to have that figure yeah, in so your life? We, 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 we've created our whole, whole life around people ask me how I get so much done. I'm like, cause we created the life we want. I'm not managing work and time. Like I'm, I'm, I created the life I want. So all the equipment we need for the life we want, um, we have it like, like, so again, this goes back to what you asked me earlier. How do you decide what's a priority? Sure. Whatever funds the activities. Okay. I want my kids with me. Well, if I'm going to travel, if I'm going to go to nine countries in 34 days, I, I can't drag my kids. How, how do I do that? So we do the math on it. We don't say why we can't do stuff. That's the way I was brought up. We can't afford it. I say, how can I do it? What do I need to do to make sure I can drag two kids, a nanny, security, because it takes resources, right? Definitely. But it, it takes a much bigger thing now. See, I, I grew up where everybody was worried about w what the bills were. And, and th this is the trap. The trap is everybody's worried about their little game. My house, my house payment, my taxes, my income, my whatever, right? My, the, our food bill, our schooling. It's everything's about the, the, the four or five people. This is what caused me so many problems. I wasn't thinking big enough my entire life. So... I flew coach for 3 million miles. People don't know this. They see me flying in my own plane today and they're like, oh, this guy's got it made. I'm like, I flew 3 million miles in coach in the, around the United States picking up money, trying oh, to build yeah. my name. If I got an upgrade to first class, very seldom did I ever buy a first class ticket. I had to cross my fingers and wait for an upgrade because I was so cheap, dude. I was cheap because I was scared though. And I was trying to save money. And I was spending so much time trying to save money because that's what my dad did. Sure. So my dad saved money. My mom saved money. The, the, the environment I grew up in, everybody was frugal. Okay. We didn't have, there weren't any Mayweathers in my family. People weren't blowing money. People weren't buying Lamborghinis and H belts. And so, so I grew up extremely frugal, but to a default, I was so frugal. I didn't know how to use money. 
So about seven years ago, seven or eight years ago is when my whole life changed. Like everything, the entire, everything, the think I had the work ethic, man, I had good products, but I wasn't getting anywhere. Right. I wasn't busting out. So when we had the kids, my oldest kid's 10 years old, then we got confronted with, oh, okay, they're going to, I'm going to, how do I travel? They're 10. I'm going to be, I'm going to create the same situation my dad did. My dad was never home for us. And then he blows his heart up because he's stressed out and he's worried all the time. So I ended, I was going to end up with the same problem. So when I had the kids, I had to start confronting, okay, there's something about my program that I'm running on myself that is broken. So when I scrutinize, hey, what do I need? Quit, quit. And this is where Elena really helped me. She's like, what do you need to have exactly what you want? I said, well, shit, I'd have to have a plane. I can't. You can't fly New Zealand Airlines, drag five or six people with you. Who wants to do that? And yeah, coach, yeah. like, I'm, 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 I'm going to kill myself back there, right? Um, the amount of time I was spending with TSA and check-ins and schedules, and she's like, well, good. Let's make enough money so you can have a jet. And I'm like, nah, that's ridiculous. Forget, <laughs> piss me off so bad. Because yeah. she was like, because she doesn't have to do the work. I had to do the work. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. And then I started, but it sank, it, it hit me. Like, yeah, why am I thinking it's ridiculous? Right. Because I had, I had money. Why wasn't I using the money to buy the resources so I could have the life I wanted? And so then I started thinking different. This was maybe, maybe eight years ago. The last eight years of my life has been, like, that's why you're interviewing me today. You're interviewing me because of the eight years, okay, not yeah. because of the previous 30 years. I needed to do the 30 years before or 22 years before that to get to the eight years. But anybody out there listening right now, look, you got to use money. Money is useless until it is used. So if you know how to make money, you know how to get money and you know how to keep money. Now what you have to learn how to do is how to use it and how not to, to misuse it. And most people that are listening right now, if you have any money put away and that's not your problem, making money and keeping it's not your problem anymore, you're, you don't know how to use it. Um, I had equity in a house. I don't have any equity in a house anymore. I don't have a house. Okay, all my money's in my business. So when I get cash, I buy resources. I buy, I'll buy a jet before I'll buy a car. I'll buy jet fuel before I buy vehicle fuel i need i need something that gets me to people right that gets me quickly while, while i can drag my kids with me my kids can travel with me the nanny can be with me security we can go anywhere we want in the world awesome and, and, and actually expand the name and the brand okay so in w- one of the last questions here over the next 10 years mm-hmm. what does it look like for grant cardone well i think i think cardone capital goes to 10 billion dollars um is that a 10 year goal or is that? I think that's sooner? probably, probably a 36 month goal. Okay. I think I can get to 10. I, I, I think I saw you on Lewis house and he was really pushing you to, yeah, that was the that. capital wasn't even founded when Lewis said that, you know, uh, Lewis said, Hey, <clears throat> why I, I think I was doing a, <clears throat> at the time I was doing a, a $30 million deal or something. And Lewis is like, why don't you 10 exit? And I was like, huh? He's like, why, why don't you just 10 exit? Why don't you do 300 million? I'm like, you know what? It's a pretty good fucking idea, dude. Maybe I will. We just did $400 million worth of deals uh, last month. So the thing about me is you give me one piece of data, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to kill it. I just need one piece of data. I'm always looking for one piece of data. When I get a book, I'm looking for one little thing, one little thing, and then I just tap into that one thing. 
So that's why I'm so big on conferences and reading books and, and any information, even bad stuff, even bad stuff helps me. Okay. Cause it tells me what I don't want to do. So 10 years from now, um, you know, Cardo Capital could be a 10 or $15 billion, $20 billion business. Um, I think the, the, our Cardone university's already got 40 million logins, maybe 50 million logins. Now that could, you know, I'd love for that to be 500 million, half a billion people logged in. Okay. And your travel schedule coming up is pretty hectic. Where are you, where can people meet with you over the next two months? Where are you going to be see, traveling we're gonna to? Be, I'm going to be in Phoenix today. Um, Dallas tomorrow, uh, Saturday, Atlanta, Sunday, LA. Like I'm I like, like wherever you are, come out and meet me. Like, like everybody knows my schedule. I tell everybody where I am, where cool. I, right, right. when I'm there, we'll be in LA for about a week. And then I go to Australia. Um, I go to Sydney, uh, Brisbane, Melbourne, Auckland. And then we're going to start going, coming up through China to, uh, make some make some make some noise and where can people go to learn about uh cardone capital cardone kern yeah. and follow, follow you on social yeah, media uh, as well, well you, you, if, you if you're on social that. media just put my name in you'll find me I'll okay pop cool up. i'll probably pop up before you put my name in <laughs> and um uh but uh for, to invest in cardone capital we're about to close our fund out we have four four beautiful deals 405 million dollars worth of real estate in one fund so it's a great diversification uh, it's passive income. Cardonecapital.com is the website. People can invest now. That's probably going to close in the next seven or eight days. When, when are you going to broadcast? This it? is actually going to be in the middle of August. So uh, yeah. it might it might be closed by by the time by the time it goes uh, this goes up. So we raised almost a million dollars a day, every day. Just think about that, dude. That's if I do crazy. that every day of the year. I'm only we're only we only been raising money eighteen months. Every day, a million, a million point, 1.4 came in yesterday. So if I raise a million dollars every day this year, that's $365 million. That's a third of a billion in cash. That's every, awesome. Every 300 million buys a billion dollars worth of real estate. So I just got to do that for, I just got to warm this thing up. So cardonecapital.com is where people can invest. This thing is going to, this, this thing is going to shock Wall Street. Blackstone and Goldman Sachs are going to be like, who, what, what is this dude doing? Yeah. Okay, he's buying our assets. These are these are Blackstone quality assets. He's buying our assets and not using our money. That's the tricky thing here because Blackstone or Goldman, they would love to lend me money on these deals, but I'm not using their money. I'm just going to everyday people saying, hey, why give them the money? Let me give it to you. I don't need to partner with them. I'll partner with my people that follow me on online. So Cardone Capital is a big deal. Uh, if you want to find my event schedules at grantcardone.com forward slash events, and uh, dude, whatever whatever people want to do, if they want to grab the book, the book's free. Awesome, exciting, Grant Cardone. Thank you very much, and keep ten xing. Have a great brother, day. Thank you, man. Thank yep. you, Sam. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Yep. Okay. Thanks, guys.